You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Welcome to the Essential Apple Podcast, your home for news, views, security stories, technology, and all sorts of other related chit-chat that catches our attention. Hello and welcome to this week's episode. And this week, Nick is back. Hello, Nick. Hi, Simon. Yeah, I've I've just been uh, doing what um, uh, Alistair suggested. I've been standing, looking at the rain with my cup of tea in one hand, hand on hip on the other. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I like uh, that. Oh, look at that rain. Look at all that rain. (laughs) What was it, you know? Uh, was it then number five? Yeah. Ask somebody else if it's raining where they are. Number six. Right, yes. Number six. Eat all the biscuits. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've already eaten all the biscuits, so. <laughs> oh dear. No. All oh, right. There we go. Um, we um. Yeah, because Nick has actually had some fairly heavy rain, haven't you? You posted a picture in the Slack of a fairly large cloudburst, even though you said it didn't yes, last today, that long. Today we've got. Uh, today we've got. Uh, sunny, oh, sunny, and then oh, rain, lots of rain, and then oh, it's sunny again. <laughs> well, we had um, it, it got very, very humid last night. I checked my watch; it said the humidity was about seventy-seven percent, and the, te- and the temperature yeah. was still about twenty-two degrees. This was about nine o'clock at night, and um, we were fully expecting yeah. there to be rain or a storm. Nothing came of it. When I woke up this morning, there'd been a little bit of rain, but not. A great amount, and um, other than that, it's been fairly warm today. The humidity's gone down, thankfully, even though it's still in the sixties. But um, yeah, I think it's been hitting of... the west of the country, hasn't it? So yeah, uh, we've got away with it, likely. And I've basically, <laughs> it's lightly overcast here and still really quite muggy. So there we are. So that's the British thing about the weather done. Um, right, indeed. We've got quite a lot of stories, Nick. Not all of them have got a lot of meat on the bones, but it's nice to have something that's um, not a load of speculation, rumour, or closes, you know, sources close to uh, Apple have said. So that's nice. Um, yeah. Obviously, after the last show where uh, Carolina and I spoke uh, a fair amount of length about the Vision Pro headset and um, what we thought about it, um, promptly after... Uh, that um, it's come to light that apparently Apple's biggest biggest Vision Pro headset production problem is the displays. Um, apparently, um, because of uh, a report released Monday, the company is encountering obstacles in manufacturing the headset and has led to a decrease in orders for 2024, with revised orders now standing at a mere 40,000 units. Um, which somewhere I read was um, something like 60% down on their original um, estimates, which is a bit of a blow for them, I'm sure. I'm not really surprised. Yeah. I'm not really surprised, to be honest. I mean, the, um, they're using these super um, super high-res um, screens. Um, I wonder whether it... I wonder whether it means that the the company that's making them for them has just underestimated the complexity, perhaps. 
I don't I don't know. That's quite a big drop if that's true. Well, yeah. Um I mean, again, to be taken with a pinch of salt, presumably, because mm. I mean, you know, Apple uh, yeah. Don't don't share this information, do they? <laughs> no. On Friday the Financial but, uh, Times said that uh, design complexities plague the headset. Uh, these primarily come from the use of micro OLED displays, which are costly and technically difficult. Um, micro LED display materials uh, use uh, materials deposited onto silicon wafers. Um, the existing technology boasts a pixel density of 3,000 pixels per inch, six times higher than glass OLED. Um, blah, blah, blah. What? What? What surprises me is Apple. We know Apple's are masters of of the supply chain. Mm. So this is this is either I don't believe that Apple completely misunderstood their their ability to create these things by that much. Someone's come along and said, "You know, we said we could make that many. Well, we're mm. not going to." Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and Apple have, have Apple have had to back down because their supplier said they can't. So yeah. Um, what's it say here? Uh, according a dis- to a display expert at Omidia, Sony can moderately increase production of micro OLED displays, given its experience in making larger volumes for digital cameras. It expressed scepticism regarding a significant market expansion uh, for the release of Apple's Vision Pro. Um, hmm. um, and Apple has purportedly requested Samsung Display to accelerate its development of micro OLED panels, which it might be able to use in its AR devices. So, no. I don't, I don't see that it's a major problem, because let's face it, this isn't going to be a device that sells millions like, like the iPhone, or billions. Well, not, mean, to, not to start an with, awful that's lot, for sure. An awful, well, an awful lot of people aren't going to be able to afford it. So No, um, no. I yeah. mean, I'm sure they. I'm sure they would have liked to produce more in the first year, but I, yeah. I bet you there won't be a big. I bet you there won't be a big delay or anything like that. I think it's unlikely. Uh, yeah, I don't. You know, I mean, it's going to make them scarcer. But I mean, there's also. Um, I don't think I've put any in the show notes, but there's lots of uh, reports saying you know the Vision Pro will only be available via. Um, in-store appointments where you go to get fitted because of all oh, the, yeah they were talking about that one you they? know yeah. strap options and the number of face seals and um so on and to be honest if you're going to pay three and a half grand for something i think you'd expect you to be uh you know what's that bit in in um what's the bit in pretty woman how much money are you going to spend sir an obscene amount of money yes sir <laughs> thank you very much and more sucking up. I must say that tie is very nice, sir. Not me. Her, you idiot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, I remember that. Yeah. yeah, more sucking up. Oh, dear. Right. Um, so also, um, following on from that one, I, I mean, you get these stories, don't you? And so maybe, you know, they're not getting the yield they'd like to begin with. I'm pretty sure it'll get ironed out. And um, Of course it will. If Apple need to pour, you know, money or expertise into the company that are making them to get it sorted, I'm sure they will. Um, and I don't think, like you, Nick, I don't think it's going to take off like a rocket. It's going to be probably more like the original iPhone or the early Apple Watch. You know, it's going to build slowly. Yeah, um, and the, the law, there's always that beginning bit where more people want it than they can supply. I mean, that's almost a given, isn't it? 
Well, it doesn't. It doesn't hurt with the uh, you know shifting something that's really quite pricey to uh, you know. No. Those who've got money yeah, to splash at it become more, uh, you know, more desperate to get in hold the end, of one. It's how, in the end, it's how desirable it is, isn't it? So, yeah. And it's quite a desirable device, so. Yeah, uh, I don't we'll think they'll. I'm sure they'll shift them, you know, just not in the millions or billions to start with. Um, yeah. According to the Apple Post, the Apple Vision Pro is rumoured to launch in UK and Canada by the end of 2024. Now, this one is another rumour, really. Um yeah, please so that, see previous. Please see previous item. <laughs> yeah, but also I guess please please see you know Apple Watch and various other new products which didn't make it. I mean the Apple Watch, if I recall, was launched in like March or April in the US, and we couldn't get hold of one until November, I think, or was that the iPhone? I can't remember, but it, it, no. that's not unusual for a brand new product to not roll out worldwide in one go um here we go this one intrigued me apple invents future tunable ophthalmic lenses which could fine tune to change visible properties for head mounted displays and smart glasses um this is patent the apple who of course track so it's a patent yeah Yeah. um apple invents a future tunable ophthalmic lens which can be fine-tuned um Liquid crystal compounds and compositions for tunable lenses. And this is quite a long article, as uh, Peyton the Apple ones tend to be. Um, and the technology behind it is slightly more complicated than I can really grasp. But I think the point is by layering um, different layers of uh, liquid crystal modules, um, you can cause you know, create a lens by making it get fatter and thinner in various parts by applying right that um a charge that'd be cool wouldn't it you just put in your you just put your prescription in and it just adjusts itself for you that'd be cool yep if that's um, true if that becomes a thing that'd be very good it says here apple's invention is directed to compounds and compositions which can be used as liquid crystal materials in ophthalmic lenses in some variations the compounds can be used as liquid crystal materials or combined into compositions to be used as liquid crystal materials all this stuff is always wordy as patents always are the compounds have a rigid core comprising one or more phenyl groups linked by a single bond or free electron containing a bridge group yeah all right i'll i'll leave it at that <laughs> if you want to read it if you want to read it read it it's interesting it's interesting i a yeah, lot a, of it went over a paragraph of that's right a paragraph of words none of us understand and, yeah um I, I i get the gist by applying a charge yeah. you can alter the thickness and the um distance between the layers of crystals to create a lens um which is good. Theoretically, that that makes an awful lot of sense, doesn't it? But uh, whether it's practical or not is another thing entirely. But, well, yeah. you know, um, it's good that they're thinking about it. Here we go. Uh, the, the clearest thing is a little diagram that says here, calibrate, automatically determine focus adjustment setting or obtain user's eye prescription from user, adjust focus. So, yeah. Smart lens. It sounds very interesting. And um, mm-hmm. let's let's hope that goes somewhere in the not-too-distant future. That would be a handy thing for a lot of reasons. Imagine well, having I mean, glasses if, that could be, dip- um, you know, with a tap of a button well, exactly. could change. It depends, on, <laughs> it depends on how thick it is, but, yeah, I mean, potentially, that that's quite amazing, isn't it? Well, let's face it, liquid I don't crystals, put, pretty I don't big, want to put I mean. all the opticians out of business, but... <laughs> 
Well, they'd or still have rather to... the glass manufacturers. Mm. Yeah, the glass manufacturers they had to business. Yeah. Well, I'm sure, you know, there's lots of people... Let's face it, it's the frame manufacturers who make all the money, isn't it? Um, really? Yes. <laughs> it is. Uh, uh, right, so let's move on. Apple's game-porting tool sees MacBooks running Cyberpunk 2077 better than a PS4. Now, some people are going to go, oh, well, you know, it's... What about PS5? But um, it's an interesting step forward. What, um, it, what does it mean by better? Um, probably frame rate, knowing these sort of things. Um, yeah. Mac OS Sonoma undergoing beta testing, and so are the features it will release with. One of them is the game porting toolkit announced at WWDC. It's just received an update, and it's already catapulting Apple Silicon based MacBook Pros to never seen before heights. Uh, apparently, YouTuber Andrew Sai took the game porting toolkit 102 update for a spin with the M1 Max MacBook Pro uh, to run popular PC gaming titles. Um, he got Elden Ring at 32 frames per second on low graphics, but he also showcased Project Red's Cyberpunk 27 at medium graphics uh, at 40 frames per second. Um, okay, well, I'm not a huge gamer, so that doesn't um, mean vast amounts to me. Um, no, uh, I, don't, I don't know why. I don't really know why Apple would be chasing after this. I don't see that. It, I make so much money already. I don't understand why this would I be just, you know, I just an think important it's, thing for them. I just think it's, you know... I'm not. I'm not necessarily think Apple were chasing after it. I just think it's a. It's another string. I mean, people have always said, "Oh, don't buy a Mac if you're into gaming." Um, if you're not hardcore never, gaming, never seems to have never seems to have bothered them before, though. So I don't really know why. Suddenly no, well, I suppose if you can, unless it's just one of those things. Yeah. You know. Well, you know, I suppose if you can if you can lure game designers to the Mac, maybe from there you can lure them onto the Vision Pro. You know. Oh, uh, maybe. Maybe you know, so. Who 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 can say? Well, I, I, you know, doesn't it's just another string to your bow, isn't it? It's another finger you can stick up and say, "We can also do that. Thank you very much." Um yes. Um, and sub to that, Apple's game porting tool for Mac OS gets its first update, and it's a big one from 9 to 5 Mac, which, you know, if you're interested in gaming, it could be, uh, you know, could be something helpful. I mean, to me, I'd rather use a console, but if you want, you know, if you want to play games on a Mac, I've never had much problem, really, but then I'm not a hardcore gamer, so... Um, no, nor me. And then we've got um, Apple Insider, how to use personal voice in iOS 17 and how it compares to an actual voice, which is Apple Insider. Um, I, did you listen to this week's Mac and Forth? Or have you uh, listened I to... I haven't yet, no. Ah, right. Well, um, they did, uh, I think it was Carl, did a personal voice. And apparently it takes like, you know, 12 hours to process once you've done the 15 minutes of oh, wow. reading out. Uh, bearing in mind it's an early beta so um, yes but anyway he did it and uh, they played it <laughs> uh, it, it was um, it kind of sounded a bit like Carl but it's got a pacing like a very early Siri <laughs> I think Alan said bloody hell that's worse oh, than Siri's voice you can get better <laughs> Siri voices than that but um, 
No, I'm sure if you're a person who's losing their voice for medical reasons, it's better than nothing, and no doubt it will improve. Oh, absolutely. But, yeah, yeah. what did they say in this article from Apple Insiders? Um, Nothing short of amazing. After 15 minutes of dictation, your phone can create a digital version of your voice. This isn't a way to replace Siri's voice with your own, but for someone who has trouble speaking, to hear their voice again and better communicate. Um, It took a bit longer than expected. It was an impressive first step. Right. Uh, according to this, Apple says it might take overnight for your voice to be created. In our case, it took three nights. Uh, this is an early beta process, and we expect improvements as time goes on. Um, how to use the voice. Um, you can hear our created personal voice in the above video. Summarise, it has our tone, but lacks cadence and inflection. Uh, no one will hear your iOS personal voice and mistake it for your real you. Um so there you go. And like I say, I think it was Carl who did it. But anyway, it was on the back and forth where when you listen to it, yeah, you'll... Um, <laughs> it's not fantastic. But, you know, from 15 minutes of voice sampling, um, that's pretty good, I think. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure I trust Apple with this because... <laughs> because of... Well, because of Siri, really. Siri's <laughs> never worked for me very, very reliably. I can get... I can get her to launch some apps occasionally, and but I just gave up trying to use it long ago <laughs> because it just doesn't understand me. Oh, it's so, weird, isn't um, it? Most of the time it understands yeah, me, I, but occasionally it just does a complete weird thing. and you're like, I what? just end up saying, that isn't what I asked for. I mean, yeah. what, what <laughs> yeah. are you talking about? <laughs> what? What are you smoking, Siri? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go, um, well, I... You know, I hope it works well for them, but I'm not holding my breath when it comes to voice stuff. They don't. I don't know what it is about Apple and voice stuff, but other other systems seem to be much much better. So we I shall think... see. I mean, it's like that stuff that Carl played a little while ago. That that AI thing had uh, yeah, he'd created. Used to... Did you hear him do that? Yes, I did. And yeah, they were very good. They were they... as as they said on the show. They were a bit posh. Yeah. But apart from that, I mean, the inflection and everything was excellent. Yes, well, those those sounded more like, um, you know, the guys than than they did. Uh, it. They did, yeah. But they were um, somewhat stilted. I think the reason they said they made them sound posh is because they spoke uh, clearly and with you know no sort of colloquial <laughs> yes. slurring, you know, as we yeah. tend to do in real life. You know, um, true six, six squid and all that. <laughs> yes but uh early days and um can, you've got to bear in mind we'll that see. you know traditional voice um replication takes months often yeah yeah so like many of these things first steps first steps um mm-hmm. apple partnership with goldman sachs needs its end american express might step in from apple magazine this has been all over the stuff apparently goldman sachs might wish to uh get out of their deal with Apple over the Apple card because um, apparently they've lost a billion dollars or something, or a billion dollars a year or something since it started. Um, Whoops. Whoops. Somebody made a big miscalculation by the look of it. Um, I think it was uh, Philip Elmer DeWitt had a headline. Um, Goldman Sachs jumped in the tub with Apple and took a $1 billion bath. So... Shouldn't laugh. I'm sure it's a disaster for them, but I'm sure they've got plenty of money. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. It, it, it'll be something they'll just write off as a tax. We wish we hadn't done that. <laughs> yeah. 
possibly, of course, Goldman Sachs are not really um, a consumer-focused bank, are they? They're a kind of investment and um, corporate bank. So Yeah, I think so. I don't I, know much about them, I must admit. But I, I, I think, think so. that they may have kind of not, um, you know, understood properly what dealing with, you know, millions of consumers entailed. I'm not quite sure how they lost that much money, but uh, they did. I think one of the guys on, I think it might have been APT, but one, anyway, one podcast I listened to joked that actually they lost all that money on producing all those titanium cards. <laughs> Who knows? Could be. It's like something about, they, you know, they'd lost an equivalent of $350 per customer or something, and it was like, there we go. Who there? So uh, it looks like they might be trying to sell out affected... their, their deal. Yeah, to, hasn't uh... affected us here, has it? Because um, we well, yeah, don't we, have it. We haven't got we haven't we haven't got all that stuff ever here in the UK. So no, yeah. and maybe that might um, that might have something to do with it. Maybe you know British banks looked at it and went, mm, I'm not sure we can actually make any money on this, guys. We could be yeah. <laughs> we could end up underwater on that one. Might have something to do with it. Could be regulation. Could be anything. But there you go. Apparently, Goldman Sachs have um, not done very well out of it. They want out, and uh, I believe they're trying to negotiate with Amex to take over their role of uh, being the back end. Um, you don't you don't often think, do you, about all these negotiations that Apple, Apple have to get involved in? Because that being an international company, I mean the the amount of talking to executives and <laughs> oh, of various yeah. companies must be huge yeah, they must have huge teams negotiating everything everywhere all the time you know i mean yeah every, exactly yeah every territory everything, you go everything into from yeah everything from financial stuff like that through to you know which movies they can show and exactly oh, dear. and uh, yeah <laughs> An awful lot and I'm still I'm still talking about movies that can't be shown in certain areas for whatever reason. I'm still smarting about the Dungeons and Dragons um, honor amongst thieves because oh, right. um, there was a, there was a thing on the oh, weeks and weeks ago now, but there was a there was a thing on Twitter and all over the you know the uh, all over the web saying D and D film uh, honor amongst thieves now available on Paramount. Like hooray, I can watch it. Not available outside the US. Annoyed, very annoyed. I'm still <laughs> smarting about that. I'm still waiting for it to come to Amazon or somewhere. Uh, it better yeah, be worth it when I, it better be worth it when I watch it. If I wait months yes. and months and there's a big letdown, I'm <laughs> yeah. going to be even more miffed. Eh? I'll be cranky, as uh, Bart <laughs> likes to say, very cranky. Um, talking on. Um, Oh, well, this one should have gone after the one about the lenses, really, and the personal voice. Apple is working on a hearing test feature for AirPods Pro, but you may have to wait for it. Um, this was on Tech Radar. Um, apparently, Apple are working on uh, some kind of hearing test, which will go into uh, later AirPods, probably AirPods Pro 3 or whatever they are. I don't know which ones are which now. There's so many of them. Um, yeah which will allow it to know what uh, frequencies you can hear properly and what you can't. Um, as it says here, the, uh, the author of this piece says, uh, AirPods Pro 2 makes surprisingly good cheap hearing aids thanks to features such as live listen, which can help you focus on specific sounds 
This is attractive to me because after decades of serious electric guitar, guitar abuse, I find it hard to hear clearly people in places such as bars and restaurants. Uh, you don't have to have done it. Hey. Uh, yeah, you what? Um, <laughs> what do you say? <laughs> I, I have to say, I, I don't know if it's new, because I've had my ears tested frequently and they always tell me there's nothing wrong, but I find it very difficult to hear conversations in crowded pubs or busy restaurants, and I always have since my 20s. Yeah. I think it's just one of those things. I, it's, I can't seem to filter out the background noise. Um, but it is true that apparently AirPods Pro, with their beam-forming technology and whatnot, um, make passable... Um, Hearing aids, as the bloke says here, uh, commercial hearing aids um, make AirPods Pro seem cheap. They can cost yeah, 10 times the price or more. Um, and they don't generally yeah. have the ease of use, sound quality or phone integration of Apple's earbuds. If you're a bit hard of hearing like I am, um, here's a link on how to use your AirPods Pro as hearing aids. Uh, better hearing aid fun features will be coming. Um, in the US That's and cool. many yep, and many other territories, hearing aids are regulated as medical devices, which adds cost and complexity. Uh, in the US, the FDA has relaxed the rules on hearing aids and can be sold over the counter. Sony and Bose are working in this space, and according to German, Apple intends to do the same, and has hired engineers from traditional he hearing aid firms and to develop a simple but effective hearing health test. Um, no, no, no. Yeah, even if they become the equivalent of uh, reading glasses, mm. it's a it's a step in the right direction, isn't it? Just to boost boost your hearing when you know in certain circumstances. Oh, definitely. Um, that's going to help some people, isn't it? So, and and as you know, they've plenty of people have already said that the use of the you know um, live whatever it's called the the thing where it, it focuses on the person you're speaking to with beam forming yes. technology is already a great help to a lot of people so um luckily as i say well, my my yeah. hearing's pretty good unlike my eyes which is shot and um oh yeah i've i've, uh, I've been told yes i've had my hearing tested um and i've done one of these one of those um you know you can as long as you're wearing headphones or whatever you can do basic hearing tests and most of mine come out as you know not bad for your age kind of thing <laughs> yeah so that's pretty good now um i think i've mentioned on here before haven't i or maybe off off the show that i um i had new a new sets of glasses at sort of christmas time yeah and over the last couple of months i've been thinking these aren't really working properly i'm gonna have to go back and so I went, I made an appointment, I went back and the optician was like, what are you doing here? You're not doing eye test for months and months, you know, year and a half or something. <laughs> so I said, well, yeah. my left my left eye, the vision in my left eye has gone to hell. So he's like, all right, so I'll do a, you know, fair enough, I'll do a test. So I did a test and he was like, mm, well, your prescription in your left eye is definitely gone and um, we'll need to change that. And then he did the bit where he pokes around in your eye by shining a light in and he went, ooh, ooh, you've got quite a nasty cataract in there. And I said, uh. I said, really? And he went, consults notes, you know, looks at notes. Hmm, no sign of it last time I did your eye. That's come on pretty quick. I'm going to uh, refer you directly to the hospital. You're going to need oh, that right. need that done uh, sooner rather than later. So um, there we go. It's not too bad at the minute, but, even with my glasses, my left eye is shot. Everything is blurry. Terrible. Oh, right. What I did find, bizarrely, though, was without my glasses, my left eye is not bad up to about a foot away and rubbish after yep. that. And my right eye 
<laughs> is only right. any good from about six foot away. That's without my glasses, obviously without correction. But at the minute, yes. the the yeah. correction for my right eye is fine, but the correction for the left eye, A, isn't working as it should, and B, my vision's going blurry because the cataract is forming. So, yeah. hey-ho, everybody uh, else in my family's had cataract, so I suppose I've got away with it. <laughs> my brother yes. had to have his cataracts done when he was about 41, so... Oh, gosh, that is early. Yeah, yeah. and my, my sister... Uh, my sister, my brother-in-law's, my brother-in-law's, yeah, my brother-in-law's had his done, but and he's younger than me, mm. uh, quite a lot younger than me, and uh, but he's had, um, he had cancer, he had, mm. uh, oh, I forgot, melanoma, not melanoma, that's skin cancer, isn't it? Myeloma, yeah. right? Uh, and um, and it's effect that they said that that's what caused the cataracts really more than anything else, right? It's the drugs he had to have for for that, so. Oh well, but but I I took him um I took him for one of the cataracts and gosh they were really quick. Oh yeah, these days proper proper conveyor belt. You know, no, it um, doesn't take very long. Kind of thing, and yeah, and when it's when it's sorted, they stick a corrective lens in, so then I'll have one eye that don't need a lens and one that does. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. Mark had to uh, for a little while. He had to um, have a lens in one side and nothing in the other. (laughs) Yep, yep. Uh, so yeah, it's weird, weird. Like I mean, my when my mum had hers done in her seventies, late sixties, maybe they put lenses in, and she'd worn glasses since she was about fourteen, and then for the like the next ten years, she didn't have to wear glasses at all, and now That's she amazing, only, isn't it? and now she just wears uh, glasses for reading, and yeah. she's in her eighties now, so you know she's got a good fifteen odd years without having to wear any glasses at all for anything. That's good, isn't it? Amazing. Yeah. And my father, who's uh, he'll be 89 in August. He had one done, I think I've said this story before, because he couldn't go during um, COVID. When they took the second cataract out, it broke up in his eyeball, and then he had to have his eyeball <laughs> injected with oil to get flush all the bits out. And Oh, yes, I remember you saying that. Yeah, yeah. that sounded unpleasant. And he's still waiting for a lens because the company that was going to supply the lens for his eye um, have either gone bust or stopped doing lenses. And um, it's right. two two years now, he's still waiting for a lens for his eye. So even though he's got no cataract in that eye, he can't see anything out. Well, he can see light and colour, and that's about it. Yes. Um, yeah. He's got nothing to focus uh, it. That's not so good. Not so good. There we go. Um, where are we? Um, Spot. Spotify. Spotify. Spotify subscribers are no longer allowed to pay through the App Store. Uh, And this is nothing to do with Apple per se. Uh, Apparently, it's Spotify themselves have withdrawn that... um, They have withdrawn that option. We no longer accept uh, Apple's billing service to subscribe. Um, Okay. I suppose that's within their uh, remit to do so. They're perfectly within their right to do that. I think they're doing that on the grounds that They'll probably lose if they, you know, unless they're charging you more to char- uh, join through Apple Music, they're losing thirty percent. Simple as that, isn't it? It'll be interesting to see if the number of people who can't be bothered to go through the sign-up process, you no, know, the, the, the number of customers they don't get because people can't be dis- be bothered mm. to to do something separate, um, is equal to the number of, that they've lost through. Yeah, you know what I'm trying to say through yes. the through the Apple, you know, payment thing. It'll be interesting to know if there's a anyone doing a comparison. It would be 
also, I suppose it depends because I mean, Apple was supposed to be allowing people to have a, a button, weren't they? Like subscribe here, yes, which would direct them out. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you're already subscribed to Spotify and they say you can't pay through Apple Pay Plus or Apple Pay anymore, I don't. Yeah. I shouldn't think there's many of those subscribers who wouldn't bother to just go to Spotify's site and put in their details. No, probably not. Probably not. It might deter new people from signing up. But yeah, I, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. I shouldn't think it would deter many um, existing subscribers. Um, there, are, there are some things that I've signed up for. Uh, you know, I can't think of anything, an example at the moment, but there are definitely things that you do sometimes that take you through about four different websites to actually get yeah. to do what you need to do, and that that can be very frustrating. I mean, I'm quite happy with uh, paying with. Um, PayPal, for instance, that that's okay. Even though you do have to go through a couple of steps, at least it's only a couple of steps where you just say, "Yeah, that's me. Yeah, I mm. want to pay that much." Away we go. Um, and particularly with you know Apple devices where it auto logs you in and everything, it's not so bad. But sometimes it can be a real pain having to do something where you're redirected to several websites. And, and nine times out of ten, there's a redirect that doesn't work. So you end up yeah. on another website. And you think, well, where did I start? What was yeah. <laughs> or how did <laughs> yeah. I get here? Have I signed up or haven't I signed up? Yeah, Exactly. Um, yeah, I'm, I do like, you know, subscribing to things through, um, you know, the Apple, uh, like through the App Store or whatever. I take out my yeah. subscriptions that way. So it's much better. It's much better to have one place to do it all but i realize that you know apple take their share but gosh it just makes it so much easier i'd, I'd much prefer to pay apple <laughs> in all honesty the little bit they get off each transaction yeah and i'd be but there you go that's me i think to be honest if i if i was subscribed to something and i liked it enough and they said there's like a 25% uplift in what you could pay elsewhere if you do it through Apple. I'd probably still do it through Apple because, yeah, you know, particularly things like Netflix and Apple TV and... Well, I mean, if, if the very least thing is how easy it is to stop your subscription. Exactly. You just go I there mean, and go... I mean, you just go that. there and say, stop that one. Yep. And, it, and it's done. Whereas, you know, with some of the others, uh, I, I don't think, um, I think most are a little bit better than they used to be, but there are still the odd one or two where you have to jump through hoops and it's difficult to find the place where you can cancel your subscription. I, I'll tell you the ones that I think are worst. These genealogy sites. Oh, they, yeah. they make it as hard as possible for you to not to unsubscribe. Um, and they drive me around the bend. I oh, know. There some of them. There we go. There we are. Um, apparently, according to this 9 to 5 Mac article, uh, the reason that there's never been a 15-inch MacBook Air previously is because Intel prevented Apple from doing so and said it did not say Air to us. Um, I'm not sure I believe that at all. There we go. Uh, I, don't think Intel, I, don't think Intel, I don't think Intel would have any say over the matter. I know they were originally making the chips and whatever, but I, I find this a little bit... I'm not sure I believe it. Mm. It doesn't sound very Apple to me. And we couldn't possibly make it because Intel wouldn't let us. Mm. What? <laughs> Do you want us to keep buying your chips or not? Yeah. Um, interesting, but uh, like you say, I'm, I'm not sure how much I 
trust that but uh there you go if you're yeah. interested in finding out about it you can read what nine to five mac have to say about it well, i suppose it's possible and for me seems and for unlikely. me the air isn't about for me the air isn't about the size it's about the weight yeah that's the whole point is it's meant to be light and and the 15 i mean don't get me wrong i haven't seen the 15 inch but i'm guessing it's still pretty light uh so yeah I, yeah yeah and thin so you know they're they're still thin. They're yeah. still considerably thinner than the pros. Um, anyway, there we are. Um, apparently, the workflow co-founder and shortcuts engineering manager has departed Apple, which some people are going to be a bit upset about, I think. Uh, shortcuts has become one of Apple's most loved apps, allowing users to create powerful automations. Um, Have Ari... you ever used it? No, not personally, no. No, um, nor me. <laughs> but people who... So this story is interesting, isn't it? You know, but people who do... I mean, Alistair's quite big on using it, I think, and quite a lot of other people do. Um, yeah, I'm sure they do. It's just... Yeah, it's not... I've looked at it and thought, I don't really see the point in that, and so I've never used it. I mean, maybe if I had a use case, then I'd be saying how wonderful it was, but I well, haven't, so... I think you have to have the sort of uh, mind that's inclined to do these things and the fact that, you know... Well, well, the thing is, it, that my job was trying to find shortcuts and ways of doing things so i have got that kind of mind <laughs> but whenever i looked at shortcuts i thought uh, yeah i'm not sure i'm not sure that i can think of anything that i want to use this for so but i don't get me wrong i'm sure that, that perhaps we'll get some comments in the um in the slack yeah. saying i'm completely wrong and they love it <laughs> so um Apparently, he's on pastures new. Uh, it's tough to leave, but I'm excited to take time off and build something new. Well, there you go. That's, um, that's what guys like that tend to do, isn't it? I mean, he's built the uh, he's built workflow, which has become shortcuts, and it's now well established. And uh, I'm sure he feels that he can oh, move on. I didn't realise it. I didn't realise it was programmed at a hackathon. No, nor did I. Well, there you go. They built it at a hackathon, or rather. It's I'm sure its first uh, its first iteration was uh, yeah part of like a competition. Oh. It, they were acquired, I think. What did it say here? Uh, right, Weinstein co-founded work co-founded Workflow in 2013, which was turned into a powerful automation tool for iPhone. When Apple acquired Workflow in 2017, he joined Apple as a software engineering manager, working on shortcuts uh, and other intelligent and proactive features um okay as it says in this article just because he's leaving doesn't mean it's the end of workflow no no not at all i mean you know it belongs to apple he just obviously feels he's achieved what he requires and he's off to do something else why not yeah good for him good for him yeah um going back to apple vision a story broke uh earlier in the week that an Apple Vision Pro parody ad featuring Stephen Fry was banned from Apple Music. Um, but uh, later on in the week, uh, let's see, a Vision Pro parody ad on an album featuring actor Stephen Fry has been banned from an album on Apple Music. The spoof ad for an iHead product was created four years before Apple actually launched any headset, sorry, spatial computer. Um, it says, Arnold had been told that Apple claims to have an issue with the concept of a fake ad rather than the fact that the Vision Pro is the target of the satire. Uh, blah, blah, blah. However, I've got a follow-up uh, article later in the week which says, 
Apple Music didn't ban the track over the Vision Pro parody, admits artist. Uh, it was a misunderstanding. <laughs> so, right. uh, there we go. A bit of something and nothing, that one, I think. Yeah, yeah, just, uh, you know, that's uh, something that, you know, earlier on in the week it was like, oh, how dare they, it's a disgrace, only to find out, no, actually, that's <laughs> not quite not quite the whole story. Um, Johnny Ive's discontinued Apple design book is now going for big bucks. Uh, as I recall, it was fairly big bucks in the first place. Um, it certainly was. Here we go. I forget how much, but I don't It says here... Uh, it was two hundred and ninety nine dollars for the large one and a hundred and ninety nine dollars for the small one. Uh okay. Now you'll be lucky to get the fancy coffee table books for dollar amounts in high hundreds to low thousands. So Goodness gracious. People with more money than they know what to do with. Yeah. Um well I've got a quote here from uh Leander Caney of Cult of Mac. The 300-page book is a retrospective of products developed by Ive's celebrated industrial design team. 450s of Apple pictures of Apple products. The book was eight years in the making and required nothing short of the rethinking of the paper itself. Printed on custom milled sheets with gilded silver edges, low ghosting ink, two sizes and costs an arm and a leg. Uh, it sounds very precious and it's driving some Apple fans crazy. That was at the time of its release. Also, I remember listening to Cult of Mac where uh, Earthon said something to Leander and, about it and he said, oh, I've got one. Johnny sent me one. And um, then he promptly spilled coffee on it. So he won't be selling that one for thousands. Because <laughs> <laughs> he apparently spilled coffee on his $300 book signed by uh, Johnny that had been I sent noticed, I noticed it says lower down as well that it's listed for between the big one. Is listed between twelve fifty and two thousand six hundred. That doesn't mean people have bid that. No, so it's on eBay. So uh, <laughs> just because people are asking that much doesn't mean that's what they're actually getting. Yeah, it's <laughs> going for between nine hundred. Oh, most going between nine hundred and a thousand dollars. Yeah, as I say, there's an awful lot of people out there with more money than they know what to do with. Obviously, <laughs> definitely. Um... I don't want one. Thank you. Don't no. buy me one. No, that's all right. As it says here, alternatively, you could grab Kahaney's book about Ive, Johnny Ive, the genius behind Apple's greatest product, for seven to ten dollars on eBay, or maybe a little more on Amazon. And uh, I've read that book. I had I had a copy of that book uh, as a review copy. It's very interesting, actually. It's a few years old now, obviously, but uh, it was an interesting uh, read. Um, Yeah, there we are. Uh, And still on Apple history, as it were. Designing the first Apple Macintosh, the engineer's story. Um, This is uh, from IEEE Spectrum. Um, And this is a piece talking about the fact that a designer case history, Apple's Macintosh, first appeared in our December 1984 issue of IEEE Spectrum. A PDF version is available here and uh, diagrams and photographs from the original print version. The author spoke with many members of the design team in the months following the introduction of the Macintosh, although Steve Jobs did not grant an interview. Um, and then there's more about it. And if you're interested in reading about that, that uh, I've got a link in the show notes, which will take you to the article, which will take you to the PDF. Because oh, I yeah. I do quite like reading those things. They're always interesting. Yeah. And uh, that's the yes, Apple stories, pretty much. Um, I've put in a new section called Social Media at least for the moment, until we get bored of it. Um, mostly because of this week's 
furore all over the place. Uh, we're not going to go into this in any depth whatsoever. Uh, Twitter wasn't showing tweets unless you were logged in. Uh, Elon Musk claims that the login requirement was temporary response to data scrapers. Uh, then Elon put a strict cap on how many tweets you could read each day, depending on whether you were new, um, unregistered, or, uh, you know, paid up, quote-unquote, blue tick verified. Um, and then uh, Twitter quietly backtracks on requiring users to log in to see tweets. All of that was on Engadget over the course of the week. And, of course, uh, Meta launched Instagram threads in a direct challenge to Twitter. Um, and there was a whole thing about it, how it was the fastest selling slash downloaded app in the history of the world. And uh, some people are going mental for it. And all I have to say about it is it's threads, which belongs to Instagram, which belongs to Facebook, which belongs to Meta. Which, as far as I'm concerned, just makes it a giant data hoover. So, no thank you. I'm having nothing yeah. to do with it. Goodbye. I think my comment, I think my only comment is, pa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Uh, there were a lot of memes uh, going around various sites and on Twitter itself of uh, people, you know, jumping from Twitter to threads and then a few days later jumping back to Twitter going, no, it's not Twitter. So who knows? Uh. <laughs> so there we go. We'll see what happens with that, but I'm not going anywhere near it. And I think most of the people in the Slack room said it belongs to Meta, therefore I'm not going to touch it with two barge poles lashed together. That's about our view on it. Um, I mean, I'm on Mastodon, but I don't seem to get any real, you know. Yeah, I don't well, I seem have to... a Facebook. I have a Facebook account, and um, and I do use it from time to time um, for keeping in touch with people I have known and uh, and I find it useful for that but uh, I just I could never get I never really understood Twitter in the first place really I didn't see how it was any different to any other way of communicating with people and I could, I found WhatsApp was far more useful for keeping in I, contact I think it with depends what and... you know if you want to keep in contact with people you already know then Twitter is not really the ideal way to do it but it's it's uh I found it useful for getting into conversations with people who you'd never have any contact with any other way. No, yeah, maybe. I mean, I've, I've, con I know, I've got in into conversations with people like Ben Baharan and Stephen Sinofsky and Jean Louis Gasset and Carolina Milanese and people like that, which is how sometimes I've managed to get some of our wonderful guests by simply having oh, the brass good. brass neck to ask them. So uh, yeah. there we are. Um, so that's that was that. Uh, technology and science. Uh, this one just intrigued me. Tooth regrowing drug therapy set for human clinical trials next year. Um, Gosh. This is on IFL Science. And uh, Japanese scientists are reportedly set to start human trials for a drug which can regrow teeth. Um, all being well, a clinical trial should start next year and a tooth regeneration therapy could be ready for people with holy smiles as early as 2030. Um, well, there you go. Perhaps mm. we won't need to go to the dentist quite so often these days if we can well. just regrow our teeth. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Um, I've got to go to the dentist tomorrow. I've got to, I've, I've got to go to my um, hygienist. I've got a hygienist appointment tomorrow. Well, you're lucky you can find but, a dentist. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're lucky I, you've I'm got still, a dentist. Uh, 
Well, I I I took out a a private um, dental uh, thing while I was at work, and uh, and I'm still running on that. So um, they're actually they're actually pretty good, my dentist. But I I haven't been having I've been having this uh, gum problem for a little while. Without well, I've had a gum infection, and oh, nasty. I was talking to um, I was talking to Margaret, who's a senior nurse, and she said that they're having problems at the moment with um antibiotic resistant infections in the mouth it's it's quite common apparently ouch um it's not it's not that bad a lot of the swelling's gone down out of it and uh, but it still bleeds a bit when i brush it so yeah. I've, I've, i don't know what they're going to say tomorrow when i go i've already had some antibiotics for it and they didn't do anything to it so we shall see just one of those things. I don't. I, I'm not one of these people who's terrified of the dentist. Uh, no, I'm no, not. I'm, I, no, I'm not. They're, they're fine. I, I can't say I look forward to it, but at the same time, I, I don't, I'm not frightened of the dentist in any way. But uh, we shall see what they have to say. Indeed. So uh, here we are. What does it say? The idea of growing new teeth is every dentist's dream. I've been working on this since I was a graduate student, and I was confident I'd be able to make it happen. Uh, Katsu Takahashi, I think, of the Dentistry and Oral Surgery Department Medical Research Institute, Kitano Hospital, Osaka. Um, Apparently, it works by... uh, There is a protein called USAG1, which limits the growth of teeth in mice. By turning off the gene that codes for the production of the protein, the mice were able to freely regrow teeth. they were then able to create a neutralising antibody drug therapy to block the protein's function, which stimulating the mice into growing new teeth. Later experiments showed that same benefits in ferrets, and animal studies are well and good, but the team is now key to see whether the treatment will work as well in humans. Wow, I've just seen a statistic a bit further down, which says in the US, over 25% of adults aged 65 or older have eight or fewer teeth, while 17% of older people have lost all their teeth. Mm. That's a lot of people. Mm. <laughs> wow. Although, of course, um, in the past, they were much keener on pulling your teeth out than they are now. Sometimes, oh, indeed they were. Indeed you know, they were. Uh, somewhat, some, some, you know, to some extent, to the point that um, now it's difficult to get a dentist to pull a tooth out, even if you want rid of it. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, they're always like, oh, well, we could oh. we can drill it and rebuild it and cap it and do implants and all. <laughs> just pull the bloody thing out. Just pull it out. Thank you. Um, if a dentist, if my dentist looked, if a dentist looked in my mouth, they'd cry. I've got that many broken teeth now. Um, oh dear. Yeah. Well, I've been very lucky, really. I I had an overcrowded mouth as a child, so I ended up having teeth removed. Yeah, so um, did I. I had, had brace for a little while. I had yeah. four four premolars taken out and then braces for several years. Um, but yeah, I didn't bother. I didn't bother having them on my bottom teeth, so I've got slightly um, overlapping teeth at the bottom, which means that I don't keep them very. That's why I have to go for regular um, hygienist appointments because I don't keep them particularly clean because they're a bit awkward. They're difficult, and I'm also one of these people who completely refuses to try and use. Dental tape or whatever they call it. Oh these yeah, days. floss type. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I can't get I can't get my head round it at all. So I, I've just told them point blank. Just don't ask me. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> well, it's supposed to clean between the bits of your teeth. You can't get to. But to be honest, in my experience, all it does is 
It's like putting thread between your teeth, and then all it does is yeah. cut your gums. If you've already got tender gums, that's the last thing you want to be doing, yeah, in my so opinion. I, no, I, I just struggled with the concept of how can I make this work without having a hole in the back of my head, which I pull where I pull the thread through. I just couldn't get my head round it at all. <laughs> it's not very dignified. Uh, they've tried a few times to, you know, so this is what you should be doing. And I've said, look, I'm not going to do it. Just, uh, do it. just stop just asking. Stop asking. I've got better things to do with my life. <laughs> I, uh, I'm a big fan. And like you, right, my teeth aren't particularly great because uh in the days when i had a brace it was basically a wire strung around your teeth and tightened up to try and pull yeah, them that's right. back into that's line effectively what it was unlike yeah. my daughter who had the you know the modern ones where they stick plates on every tooth and put elastic bands and things in between them and they can all be tightened up individually to straighten every tooth um oh, individually gosh. all very clever yeah. much much cleverer and with you know, with three years of that, her teeth were way, way straighter. Three years of my brace just basically stopped them being incredibly protruding. Yeah. So yeah, I've got still got wonky teeth, but there you go. And uh, I've I'm sure all our, I'm sure all our listeners did really didn't want to know all that. No, no, that's true. <laughs> I'll have to. But there you go. Now you know about our you know all about our dental habits now. <laughs> yeah. I have to say. In my view, though, for you know, uh, sensitive gums, your best bet is a moderate, a moderately hard toothbrush, not super hard, and uh, yeah. good strong mouthwash. Regular use of a good yeah. strong mouthwash will help you. Um, yeah, they've been they've been getting to me to use Corsadil for a while. I've had this gum infection, which seem I must admit does seem to keep it all under control. So that's good. That's good. Okay, uh, let's move on quickly because time is ticking away uh apple security and privacy engineers thwarted pegasus and it was just one of their successes this year uh that's fast company um that's good uh, here uh apple has made privacy and security one of the phone's principal selling points a fraction of users including dissidents activists and journalists have reason to obsess about it. Um, combat this threat, Apple asks itself a new question. Um, if we design for just this narrow subset of people, what can we do? Rather than introducing additional security settings addressing all potential threats, which would leave users having to fine-tune their own level of self-defence, uh, Ballard advocated for a single option, which is a more classically Apple-esque uh, simplicity. Lockdown mode, which we've talked about in the past, which uh, you know shuts down a whole load of uh, functions and is not for typical users. Um, the feature's effectiveness has been confirmed when the Citizens Lab reported it had successfully deflected a new type of attack, attack employed by Israeli firm NSO uh, and its notorious Pegasus spyware. Um, and then they brought out Safety Check, which allows you to check if you are unwittingly leaking data uh, aimed specifically at people in abusive relationships but good for anybody uh, you just do the safety check and it allows you to uh, reset passwords and sharing and all that in from one control panel um, uh, and along with these options apple continues to introduce mainstream privacy tools such as advanced data protection um, blah 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 so there you go Ooh. That's good. Yeah. Apple good. keeping on top of it. They continue to continue look, looking after us. That's good. Yeah. Um, apparently, Apple 
cracks down on predatory lending apps in India after an investigation. Um, obviously, we're not in India, so we can't really comment on that very much. But it would appear that, you know, nasty, uh, you know, payday lender type uh, lending apps and whatnot were proliferating and Apple was... Uh, got rid of a large number of them all oh, right okay that's good Usual. i mean that's probably as much to do with um india's you know own legislative legis- i can't say it legal landscape legislative yeah, yeah. <laughs> legal landscape um indeed but uh apple apparently have cracked down on uh, predatory lending apps in india um iranian hackers targeted a nuclear expert and ported a Windows infection chain to Mac inside of a week. Um, this is not really uh, something that would uh, concern the average user, but it says fresh research demonstrates the sophistication and capability of state-sponsored threat actors to compromise targets. Um, apparently, how the attack unfolded, basically um, an Iranian state-affiliated threat actor uh which goes by the names of TA453, Charming Kitten, APT42, Mint Sandstorm and Yellow Garuda, um, posed as members of the Royal United Services Institute uh, and used a multi-persona approach. Uh, They started an email chain with the target seeking feedback on a project called Iran in the global security context. Basically, they then kept up a chain of relatively innocuous... um, messages with the person they were trying to uh attack right uh then they it was very much very much the beginning of social engineering then rather than yes um, yes um kind of hack uh afterwards uh a malicious google script macro was delivered intended to direct the target to a dropbox which held a password encrypted rar file containing a dropper masquerading as a pdf but it was actually a Windows LNK file. Uh, obviously, this didn't work because the guy was using a Mac. So um, they continued the same seemingly innocent in- email conversation. Uh, and a week after the initial Windows-based attempt, they relaunched the attack with an Apple-ported backdoor. Uh, in this case, the malware was delivered in a password-protected zip file, uh, masquerading as a VPN solution and shared drive. Uh, after interaction with the threat actor, the user should be persuaded to open the file. Bash scripts would have been installed a backdoor known as knock knock. Uh, blah blah blah. So well, that's all social. That's all social engineering. Yep. Uh, the main that's point. Effectively, all social engineering. It is pretty much all social engineering. But um, the point, what the, the the main point of the article, if you read it in more depth, is um, how quickly they realised that their initial attack had failed and uh, scrambled to figure out how they could use the same exploit chain that they'd uh, yes. to try and infect him and then obviously to extract whatever nuclear secrets he was working on. Um, well, they'd, they'd obviously persuaded him that they were trustworthy, otherwise he wouldn't have been opening files that were sending. Well, exactly. The whole If you read through the article, they um, posed to several different um, organisations and maintained a you know a, a pointless harmless conversation about yes. this about this project that they were all supposed to be working on and effectively you know e- kind of emailed each other and copied each other in in order to build a uh, clever a, a, a clever stuff yeah but of course you know um, it's not that 
nobody else could do this, but a state, you know, a state-sponsored actor is probably required to spend the time and effort to do such. Yeah, it a just thing. shows that even if you even if you work in a in a business, you really have got to be careful about mm. who you're talking to. And yeah. exactly, this is the this is the thing. You know, um, in the in the article, I think it said down here somewhere. Uh, uh, so it's saying something about. Um, the risk posed to gullible or distracted users, particularly with regard to phishing attacks. Um, mm. And, that, yeah, I mean, the technique of maintaining, you know, quite sort of a months-long spurious conversation between allegedly half a dozen people about this fake project. Um, oh, yeah, that's quite sophisticated, isn't it? You, you know, yes, it's all, it's all social engineering, but, uh, you know, it was a concerted effort, obviously. They obviously, obviously yeah. they obviously felt he had something that they really could do with getting hold of. Um, so, uh, how to lock your iPhone from your Apple Watch? This is on BGR. Um, this actually talks about um, how to use <laughs> uh, how to use the uh, the tool we were talking about earlier um, to build oh, yes. an yeah. automated chain, which. Uh, this automation will let you create a custom focus mode, which will lock the screen, turn off airplane, turn on mobile data, Wi-Fi and Bluetooth, turn on low power mode and show a notification. Um, and this is how you go about building such a thing with shortcuts. Uh, and uh, the idea is that if you realize somebody has nicked your phone, um, you have to be quick because you're your watch has to be in Bluetooth range, but you should be able to trigger this automation, which will basically then lock your phone up tight. That's a good idea. So there you go. If you're interested in figuring out how that works, there's an article from BGR that explains step-by-step step how to build a shortcut and the focus mode to do such a thing. Where I, I was The last few weeks we've got down to church, and for some reason the... You know, I've told you we've had problems with mm. power supplies for our um, the way that we get data. Basically, it takes the HDMI signal, converts it into computer signal, then sends it down Cat6 cable, and at the other end, it gets converted back into HDMI again. And the last few weeks, we've been down to church, and every time we've had to reboot the Mac. For some reason, it just forgets this. I don't. I don't know. I can't put my finger on it at all. It, it's obvious. Obviously, some software thing that's causing issues. Um, hmm. So I did wonder about um, if there was a way to automatically reboot the Mac, and so I looked it up, and indeed there is. There are terminal commands, um, or you can use um, you can the, use the power um, function in the... the power management bit of it. Yeah. So I'm thinking of of just getting it to reboot itself on Sunday morning, so that when people yeah. get there, yeah, it's, tell it. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've no idea what why it's doing it, but uh, basically, when we turn the TVs on at the front of the church, we just get a message which basically tells us I can only see the little box that's yep. plugged into the back of the TV, and I can't see the signal. Um, so I'm thinking perhaps just getting it to reboot itself once a week would probably wouldn't be a bad thing. Yeah, you should be able that's to do that else from, for me to do. You can do that from system settings, can't you? Just schedule it to reboot itself on you know, at, I don't know seven yeah. seven o'clock on a Sunday morning or something. That's right. Yeah. So I, I'm thinking that's what I'll probably do um, because we I allow the I allow the machine to lock itself anyway. So. Uh, 
it wouldn't hurt to have it reboot. Yes. And hopefully it'll solve the problem. Yep, hopefully. Be quiet, Vinny. Thank you very much. <laughs> I don't know if he's approving of your thing or uh, annoyed that it's not working in the first place. <laughs> uh, empathising. Yeah. Um, okay. A quick uh, worth of chirps slash essential tips. Uh, the Daily Dot, whoever they are, I don't know whose bag it goes to. Airport war- worker finds lost air tag in plane's luggage compartment and says it defeats the purpose. Um, and the long and the short of that short article is, put your air tags inside your luggage, dummy. <laughs> don't dangle it on the oh, bloody dear. handle. Put it inside. Tuck it in a zipped compartment inside your bag. Uh, right, yeah. Uh, don't put it on a tag on the outside. Um and Slash Gear have 12 Mac OS tips new Mac owners should know about, especially former Windows users. Uh, and it's a set of 12 fairly basic um, hints and tips, as it says, obviously mostly for switches. But um, yeah. it's got uh, colourful window controls are on the top left and explains how you can do uh, tile to the left, tile to the right, uh, move to another screen, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um what other ones have they got? Uh, the control key is the command key. Yeah. Menu bar is always on the top. Uh, trackpad gestures. Uh, quick look, which of course is much yeah, underused think, by many people. I think probably, I think probably the menu at the top of the screen was the thing that I struggled with most when I came from a PC. Mm. You know, just remembering that you've whatever you, whatever is active and has has focus is is what you'll see up there was up a, there rather than being on the window yeah yeah and uh like when i use windows exactly the opposite i find myself looking at the top of the screen and then realizing that <laughs> all the menus are actually attached to the window yeah there you go luckily if you uh when i use ubuntu you can change that uh that's a that's a thing you can change in ubuntu you can have a mac style menu bar oh, that's or a good idea or you can have a Windows-style menu bar. You go into the mm. options and it's, uh, you know, menu at the top of the screen, Mac-style, menus attached to Windows. Well, most of, yeah, know. most of these things are annoying until you... It's a little bit like reverse scrolling when that first came out. You know, I've had my Mac set to uh, scroll the, the way they intended as opposed to the way that the Mac did it originally. Uh, and you just get used to it over time and you stop thinking about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you do. Actually, Carolina and uh, uh, Carolina and me were talking about that last week and we were both of the, no, thank you, you can keep your natural scrolling Macintosh. Oh, right. Oh, no, I I, I, uh, I persevered and uh, I'm we're quite like, used to it now. No, we're both, uh, you know, after 35 years of doing it that way, I'm not changing now. <laughs> There we Fair are. Uh, it's good that we have the choice. It is indeed. Um, and some other tips, uh, some other hints and tips. Spotlight, Siri. Oh, trigger actions for screen corners. That's yes. always useful. Hot corners. Hot corners, very yeah. much. I love hot corners. I have one that shuts down my closes. doesn't shut anything down. It just turns my screen off. Yep. That's quite useful. My favourite is the show the desktop. Makes all the windows oh, fly yeah. away. That's uh, to some extent apparently going to be replaced in Sonoma with the ability to simply click uh, an uncovered part of the desktop and all your windows will do that anyway. Fly, oh, right. okay. fly out of the way. I mean, I use a hot mm-hmm. corner for that, but um, there we are. Um, and the snippets for the week, Nick. 
somebody figured out how much Forrest Gump's Apple stock would be worth today, and it's a lot. Uh, <laughs> Whoop-de-doo. Um, of course it is. Um, and Johnny Ive's first post-Apple hardware project is a uh, $60,000 turntable, according to Engadget. Um, oh, probably get a couple of those then. Yep. Uh, uh, apparently, it's a Lin Sondek LP12 50th Anniversary Edition. Oh, yeah. It looks like a, looks very much like a, well, a turntable, really. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it does. <laughs> it's just a turntable. Yeah. Yeah. The plastic top. Um, yeah. I've told the fast no, company. Yeah, the I've told the fast company it was a gentle, modest project for Love From that stems from his admiration for Lynn. Uh, and apparently, Love From carried out the work pro bono. Um, That's very, very kind of them. <laughs> very decent of him. No, not that Lynn Sondek couldn't afford it if they're charging sixty grand for a bloody well, exactly. fifty. There we go. Um, and that is all of the stories, Nick. So we're done. We're that's done good. for the week. Yeah, that's we've got through those reasonably quickly. Yeah. Not too bad. Not too bad. There we go. So, um, we'll do the sign off bit, shall we? Um Indeed. So, uh Nick, where can people find you? Uh in the Slack room mostly. Jolly I mean good. I have still got an ID. My spligosh does still exist on uh, Twitter, but don't expect me to look at it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't. No. That's true. Um, you can, of course, find me on both Twitter and uh, Mastodon as at Serenak, S-E-R-E-N-A-K. And, uh, of course, in the Slack room. If you want to join the Slack room, go into the show notes and click the link. Uh, and that's it. That's it for this week. So I think Nick and I will say goodbye and hopefully we'll see you next time. Bye. Cheerio. You've been listening to the Essential Apple Podcast. And I'd like to say if you enjoy the show and would like to support us, feel free to go over to the website essentialapple.com and you will find links to both Patreon and the Pinecast Tips Jar where you can make a donation towards the costs of the show. Uh, Or even if you're really keen, you could set up a recurring payment. And thank you very, very much to all the people who already do support us. We really do appreciate you very much indeed. This show is, of course, part of the My Mac Podcasting Network, where you can find a variety of other shows like the My Mac Podcast with Guy and Gaz, the G-Men, Tech Fan with Tim and David, the Nintendo Club Podcast, the Geekiest Show Ever, the Three Geeky Ladies, uh... Bart Bouchotts and his wonderful Let's Talk Apple, and possibly some more that I've forgot. So why not go over to mymac.com, take a look at the available podcast, and take a listen. Hi, my name is Dave Ginsberg. I'm the host of In Touch with iOS at InTouchWithIOS.com with my co-host Warren Sklar. We talk about iPhone, iPad, Apple Watch, Apple TV, and related technologies. We also have some great Apple guests from the Apple community that also talk to us uh, relating to any tips, any apps, any news of the day, anything that's going on with Apple. Please give us a listen. Our website is InTouchWithIOS.com. 
listening to the Essential Apple Podcast. Thank you for listening and we hope to see you next time. really enjoyed listening to the one you did with uh pete and with um yeah that was good that was nice it must be yeah you know, it's nice to hear one that which not got yourself in it sometimes i'm sure yeah with uh was it who was the other oh steve was it no oh, getting names wrong um yeah it's uh steve from geeks corner yes. yeah and suffolk steve, pete yeah steve and pete yeah yep oh, that I was got the names right well there you it, go that's a, a nice go. change <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, it was a nice change uh, as well. Yeah, you know? it was. It was. Yeah, it was good to hear their voices. They they need to come on occasionally, a bit more occasionally than they do, because they're both interesting to listen to. Yes, they are. And, uh, uh, Steve, of course, is, he he works for the NHS. I don't know exactly what he does, but um, right. Well, he's been quite regularly on um, on yeah. Carl's show, hasn't he? So he's been that's doing good Carl's to hear show his a bit voice more. On there too. A bit more, yeah. Yeah. Surely good. Well, I think I might get myself some tea. Yeah, I'm going to go and put my pork in the thing. And when I'm just going to have a quick look here. When did I... I think I've got Bart booked for next week. Or oh, pro- right. Provisionally booked for next week. Uh, Bart do shots. No, not that one. Ah, oh, trouble is he's got several addresses. And so have I. <laughs> oh, right. Yes, I'm still... Uh, I, I, I Today I had uh, quite a, an effort to get my... Because um, I use Deliveroo quite a lot. I started using it during lockdown, you know, and um, yeah, it's just convenient. And uh, I went to try and change my email address, but they won't let you. Um, even when you're logged in, you have to you have to raise a like a ticket with them, right? Um, which seemed a bit of a faff. And then they wanted information for me to confirm who I was. Um, so I did that, and then realised that they said that you you've given us the wrong um, name. And I thought, oh, okay. So I put Nick Riley rather than Nicholas Riley, or I, I sent them Nicholas Riley, mm. and uh, it should have been Nick Riley. So I confirmed that, uh, and then they contacted me to say, okay, you can now log into the into Deliveroo on the web, and you should see an option to change your email address now. Mm. So I, I mean, that, I suppose that's good for security, but mm. a little bit of a faff to get it changed. Anyway, uh, I'm pretty sure I've got. Done. I'm pretty sure I've got Bart uh, booked for next week so um oh that'd be good look forward yep. to hearing that as well yeah i find i'm not just getting round to listening that many podcasts these days no nor am i to be I honest used to listen. Well, <laughs> I, used to, I used to listen on my way to work you see so mm. now i don't go to work i occasionally remember to take something with me when i go out for a walk and i'll have a listen then or well, if I... i'm going on a slightly longer journey i'll i'll have a listen then but i used to I listen... tend not to catch up very quickly no, I tend to, I used to listen quite a lot at work, you know, like people listen to the radio, I'd have an, ear, yeah. an earpiece in and have it playing while I was working, but I don't do that anymore, and I'm always out and about, no. and the journeys I take tend to be quite short, you know, 15, 20 minutes, it's not really enough to listen to yeah. much of a podcast. Anyway, no, there right. we are. All right then, mate. Oh, we'll uh, see you next week, I yep. Speak I'll to s- you next week, anyway. Sp- yep. All right then, Nick. Cheers, mate. Right, yeah, take care. All right, bye.